From 1964 then, there's Spider Turner, front-end band The Stereophonics, and a tune called You're Alone. And on the line now, live from Detroit, the man himself, Spider, welcome. <laughs> How you doing? Fantastic, thank you. Lovely to um, speak with you, and uh, nice to have met you at Skegness. You doing well? Oh, okay, the pleasure was mine. Lovely. Lo- <laughs> that lovely. was a fun gig. It was, it was. It was uh, what everybody <laughs> I've spoken to really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure to uh, see you all on stage and reliving all those old tracks. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, some of those tracks I hadn't sung since uh, I recorded them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. I was talking. I was talking to um, Dee Dee Sharp a few years ago. She performed at Blackpool. They have a similar thing to the, the Skegness one at Blackpool each year. And um, I was saying, uh, oh, what was it? I forget which track it was. She says I don't even remember recording that, but it was such a such a big <laughs> hit over here. Um, on the northern right. soul scene, that she she right. cut it in an afternoon and then forgot about it, and uh, of course it's been resurrected. A bit like your stand by me, uh, not oh, stand wow. by me. You can't make it anymore. Really big over here. Right, right, right. <laughs> the only time I ever performed it was when was in the studio. <laughs> oh right, goodness me. <laughs> but I've been doing it lately since I've been on the uh, Northern Soul scene. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it must be, um, I don't know whether they've got a Northern Soul scene in America, but I know across here it's very, very popular. Um, it, uh-huh. it must be quite nostalgic to come back and be able to, to play those songs that are sort of long forgotten to such an appreciative audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't realise how uh, other people like your music until you get out, until you get over there. That's right. You That's know, true. over here... You're you're as good as uh, your last hit record. Uh, oh, <laughs> over, right. over there, they love you forever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how uh, Spider? How did you get into singing? Was it through church in in the beginning? Because you've been recording since uh, the early sixties, haven't you? Uh yeah. I uh, uh, when I was a kid, like five years old, my parents every time they had uh, company over, I'd have to sing. Oh, right. So I would get nickels and, yeah. <laughs> and dimes and candy bars and stuff. Fantastic. So that's how it started. And then when I became a teenager and moved to Detroit and uh, started listening to the uh, soul radio, because in West Virginia, we didn't have soul radio. All right. So uh, that's when I started listening to it and emulating what I heard. And uh, the next thing you know, I was in a singing group. Excellent. Uh, I was inspired by Elvis Presley and Jackie Wilson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the flamingos and people like that. You know, I used to see them in some of those old uh, uh, what's his name, Alan Freed movies. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> lovely. So, yeah. what what took you from uh, West Virginia to Detroit? Then was he? Did your father move jobs or? Um, I was I was a young kid. My, I guess my father had a better job. He, he in the uh, West Virginia, he worked in the coal mine. All right, and then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. And that's when he started working for the postal service. He would uh, travel on the trains and sort mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we moved to Detroit. And uh, well, I think D- Detroit is uh, really the place to be in the '60s, wasn't it? It was a hub of uh, black music. It, yes, it must it have been was. so. It must have been yes, so vibrant. Was. I mean. Um, there was just so much going off, wasn't there? I mean, Detroit is world-renowned for the quality of music that it was bringing out, especially in the 60s. Must have been great to be right, part of that. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And here is one such record. On the Good Time label from 1966, this is Gotta Get Myself Together. Get 
lovely 60s sound there with your cover of Kenny Carter's Gotta Get Myself Together. Must have been great. Back in the 60s, it, it, well, we had a great time back then. Yeah. And then not only, uh, most of the world heard just the uh, Motown artists, but yeah. there were so many artists here that there were so many talented people that nobody ever heard of. It was like uh, competition was uh, stiff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet. But... Um, <laughs> You obviously rose to the top because you managed to secure a, a recording contract as a solo artist with MGM, didn't you? How did that happen? Well, I was at the uh, 20 grand. I had a band, and my band was the Fabulous Counts. Right. Uh, they had a, out a record called uh, uh, Jan Jan and Why Not Start All Over Again. Okay. Anyway, they were my band at the time, and uh, we were down at the 20 grand, and we were doing a little set down at the 20 grand, and Clay McMurray happened to be in the audience. So he called me over after we came off stage and we talked, and he was telling me that 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 song should be recorded just like that. So I didn't pay any attention to him. Uh, Well, not that much attention, but, you know. Uh, He came back when I was back at the 20 grand again, and he brought a guy from uh, Lansing, Arnold Geller, who had a TV show called Swing Lively. Okay. And he brought a fellow named Cliff Goroff. And Cliff was a, a promotion man for MGM. And so they saw it, they saw the act, and we went in the studio and recorded it just like I do it on stage. Right. <laughs> in one take, brilliant. Yeah. Best so, way. Uh, they released it, they, uh, Clay did the other side, uh, he wrote it and produced the other side, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they released it, and uh, before I knew it, it took off and sold 10,000 copies just in Detroit alone. Wow. So it went nationwide from there with uh, MGM Records. Fantastic. So let's have a listen to the song that caught their attention then. This is The Fabulous Counts and Jan Jan. That was quite a start then. And uh, and then, of course, your big record with MGM was uh, your cover of Benny King's Stand By Me. But there was a difference, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, there was. I did impersonations in it. Yeah, how did um, that come about? What 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 prompted that you came to? came about because I was a big Chuck Jackson fan. Oh right, who isn't? Who isn't? <laughs> Matter of fact, I thought I was Chuck Jackson when I was <laughs> with the council. So, <laughs> so I had an album of his called Chuck Jackson. I think it was Chuck Jackson on tour or Chuck Jackson live at the Apollo. Okay. And he did Stand by Me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but also on the on the show he did uh, Please 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 by James Brown. Yeah. Well, he impersonated James Brown and Jackie Wilson in Please, Please, Please. Oh, right. So I took it and put it in Stand By Me, and every night I did it, I would try somebody new, and that's how it was born. Fantastic. I was, I was performing it uh, 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 a year before we even recorded it. Right. It was it was like my showstopper. <laughs> I say, it sounds, sounds like it was recorded by popular demand because um, it really it really took off, didn't it? And uh, your impersonations are really talented. In fact, didn't didn't Smokey Robinson famously say that uh, you sound more like him than he does? Somebody told me that. I heard that. I think a long time. Ago. <laughs> Oh, no, I could never step in the boots of Smokey. (laughs) Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. So shall we have a listen then and let people make up their own minds? This from 1967 is Spider Turner and his version of Stand By Me. (laughs) 
Spider Turner then, and I can't make it anymore. That is really big and well loved over here in uh, in England and in Europe. Great track. Didn't do all that yeah, well in America though. <laughs> Pardon? I say it didn't do all that. It didn't uh, make the expectations in America, which is such a shame because it's a beautiful crossover tune. Yeah, it didn't go too far over here. I never liked that song. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! At that time, I, I had no control over what I recorded. So, yeah. uh, I never did like that song. That's why I was so surprised when I found out how big it was over in the UK. Oh, well, I remember that well from my formative years. That was always um, a pretty much a guaranteed floor packer. It's a great tune. Very much appreciated oh, wow. over here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Yeah, no, lovely. <laughs> well, lovely. I like it now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> great stuff. So, um... You parted company with MGM uh, in the late 60s and with your management. Um, right, what right, did you, What right. did you do after that? You went writing, didn't you? You did some writing for Hoagie Lands? Uh, no, I uh, went on the road. I uh, put a band together. Okay. I stayed on the road for, oh, I don't know how long. Uh, and, and I came off the road in, I think it was 73 or 70, 74, and mm-hmm. I recorded a song called Since I Don't Have You, an old Skyliner song. Right. And that was on Kwanzaa Records. Uh-huh. And then I went back on the road, and I stayed on the road till around 76. And I knocked around in Detroit for a little while, and at the end of 76, I drove out to California. I had went and saw the movie Car Wash. Oh, right, yeah. Rose Royce. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I went out to California, and, and I got with, went over to Whitfield Records to meet with uh, Clay McMurray. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't there, and Norman came out of the uh, back room. And uh, we had met once before. Oh, right. And uh, we got together, and uh, all of a sudden, I uh, was sitting at the piano, and Norman and I wrote Do Your Dance for Rose Royce. Yeah. Let's have a quick listen to that, then. Yeah. So I started recording again. So I did uh, two albums on Whitfield Records. Mm-hmm. Music Web and uh, the Only Love album. Lovely. Well, I mean, what was it like working with uh, Norman Whitfield? Because, um, I mean, he was a, a man held in very high esteem in Detroit and, of course, across the West Coast. I mean, that must have been great because the, you started uh, writing songs along with him, didn't you? Well, I didn't have any songs when I got there because mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't really writing because I had spent all my, all my time on the road. Yeah. But Norman had a stable of writers, and so uh, all I had to do was just sit in for a little bit. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. So and you... I wrote uh, Do You Dance with, uh, mm-hmm. with Norman. I think Rose Royce. You, you wrote a good proportion of the tracks. And then I had one song that I wrote on the uh, Music Web album. Right. And then the Only Love album, I wrote all but one song. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. stuff. 1978 and 79, I think they were. Right, right, 7879. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to one of the tracks from the 1978 LP Music Web. This is a tune made better known by Rose Royce, but this is the original version of Is It Love You're After? Taken from the LP Only Love, that's Spider Turner and God Bless the Lady on the Radio. Good stuff. Um, so, you uh, you then went on to doing a little bit of acting. 
Tell me about that. How did yeah. you, you fall into that one? Uh, Norman and I walked up on the set of, um, um, this one was called Far Out Man. Right. With, uh, Tommy Chong. And uh, what's his name? Um, Does your mama know about me? Bobby Taylor. Okay. He was in the movie, so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden he comes over and says, hey, we need a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I put on some sunglasses and walked across the stage. Fantastic. <laughs> and then we were at a, uh, another friend's house. They were filming. Yeah. Called uh, Secret Agent 00 Soul with Billy D. Williams. Right. So I got like a little a little uh, cameo part in that as a mummy. <laughs> right. And the other one was uh, a movie called Street Wars. Okay. Where I played the uh, driver to the uh, big dope uh, king kingpin. Right. And how did you enjoy acting? Is it much the same oh, as I live performance? It. Or uh, I loved it because it gave me a chance to act crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing's like a live performance to me. No. No. There's there's nothing that can compare. Excellent. Because um, you also wrote uh, music for to be included in films, didn't you? Um, the the last dragon I'm thinking of. Well, that one I didn't write it, but Norman wrote it. I sung it. Ah, I see, I see. But uh, how come? Yeah. Because you're not credited under your your stage name, are you? How how did that come about? Um, Norman came to me and asked me. This was after he uh, after the government took all his money. Uh, bless and him. He, he came and asked me. He had told me he was doing a project, and asked me that I want to be involved. So I told him, yeah. He said, well, it's a movie project for Barry Gordy. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely be involved. So he sat down and he wrote The Last Dragon. And after he wrote it and we went in the studio, he said, now, you know the only way you can get this, you got to change your name. Right. And Why I'm was like, that? Well, what do you mean change my name? Why would I change my name? He said, because you're too old. And the disc jockeys would think you're too old and they won't play it. Oh, say. So since it was the only way I was going to get to do this, Absolutely, and I was broke and needed the money. Yeah, I changed my name to Dwight David, which is part of my real name. My real name is Dwight David Turner. Yes, so, so I just dropped the Turner and, and uh, credit myself as Dwight David. Ah, fantastic! Never knew yeah. that. Never knew that. So, yeah. where, where does that take us? Is that into uh, the nineteen nineties? That was in the, that was eighty four. Right. Uh, the nineties. Um. I did a, 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 a four-song EP in the 90s, mm -hmm. self, self-titled Spider-Turner, which I did another version of Stand By Me on there. It's more like a smoother jazz kind of version. Okay. Another one of the tracks on uh, that CD was called This Is Your Life. Let's have a listen to that. Ah, nice. Matter of fact, that's out on the... Uh, on the internet now, it's on uh, cdbaby.com, um, it's on iTunes, that one, and then I did a single after that called What Goes Around Comes Around. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, ooh. That was in, oh, that was in 2000, I think. Yeah. 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. Lovely. Um, you also uh, formed a, um, a group with an Englishman, didn't you? A chap called Carl Dixon. Carl Dixon, yeah, he came over and uh, um, he want, he had some songs he wrote, and he wanted to record them in Detroit with real mu uh, uh, Detroit musicians. Right. So he, they came and got me and Dennis Coffey and uh, Cherokee Pre and 
my daughter Gail and a lot of Detroit musicians and went in and did his tracks for him. So I, uh, some of the couple of the songs they needed a little touch up in the in the writing department. So yeah, that's why both of our names on it. So yeah, so that that was fun. Lovely. Had fun doing that. And here's one of those tracks. This is "Tell Me," crying over you. Tell me. Um, also, you've um, uh, hooked up with Francis Nero, another ex-Motown girl. Yes, I did. Um, yeah. And, uh, I did a song with her called... Uh, uh, I'm Going to Miss You? Uh, I'm Going to Miss You. That's mm. it. Yeah. Excellent. Which uh, I wish we could have recorded over, but she lost the masters. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> because the background singers... They're not supposed to be singing right because the song went for her movie and uh-huh. it's a comedy, so it was supposed to be funny. Okay. But then the song turned out so good, I was like, "We need to do. We need to record this over and do it right." <laughs> <laughs> and she lost the masters. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> of course, she passed after that. So yeah, bless, bless her. Um, yeah. So did you um, did you do a film with her, The Passing of Ezra Hazlitt? That's where the song came from. Mm, beautiful. Um, so you moved back to Detroit, to, Mich- to Michigan. Yes, I did. I came back. Um, well, I had been off the road for so long, I came back and did a show and decided to start performing again. Uh-huh. So I put a band together and started working this area again. Quite right. Good. Have you got anything <laughs> out at the moment, Spider? Anything that you've got to, new that, you, uh, that people can buy? Um, only the uh, the four song EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on uh, iTunes and, and various uh, download uh, CD baby. You said, didn't and you? Uh, what goes around comes around. Excellent. Uh, you got any any plans to record any more music? Um, I'm hoping so. I'm talking with somebody now. Um, I wrote uh, uh, you know the last album that the Four Tops recorded. Right. I wrote one of the songs. Okay. A song called uh, Just Another Day I Think of You. Is and, that the uh, one that didn't get re- the, didn't get released? It never got released. Ah, right. Carry on. This is this this is the only album produced by Norman Whitfield uh-huh. on the four tops. And he's got man, it's the dynamite stuff in that album. Right. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take a couple of those out and record them. <laughs> Lovely. Very wise. I don't want them to go to waste. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Spider, thank you very much for uh, this conversation. And uh, what I'm going to do now gonna, very well. is uh, play us out with the track that you collaborated with Francis Nero on. It's called I'm Going to Miss You from 2010. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> okay, Addy. Right. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Good night.